The world of watches is complicated. You have all these varieties of folks, collectors, editors, authorized dealers or ADs, customers, and now commentators. Hello. And this world is evolving much faster than anyone around or in the industry can process. Let me pause for one moment. This is good. We're in an era now where gatekeepers are blasé, exclusivity is mocked, and people want a place where everyone can belong. Just ask Jenny L., a newer voice in the watch industry with one of the most incredible and thought-provoking styles ever. Joy! Her YouTube channel puts brand channels to shame. She answers questions people are afraid to ask. She's enthusiastic and is a reminder that this industry is getting better, more welcoming, and yes, there is a place for everyone. If you think of where we were with cryptic message boards and overpriced books to where we are now with places like Hodinkee and YouTubers like my guest, good God, doesn't that make you feel good? My name is Jeremy Kirkland, and this is Blamo. My guest this week is the watch vlogger Jenny L. Jenny and I discuss the watch world's resistance to criticism and how she maintains an independent voice, pushing back on the old guard, why it's so hard to tell someone what watch they should buy, how some of the best watches are relatively affordable, and that it's okay to not always know exactly what's going to come next. I've watched a, a bunch of your videos, and they're like painfully good. They're they're just Thanks. like the the quality is just so far above what anyone else is doing, like independently in watches. I mean. I, wh- I'm just kind of, we'll, we'll talk about a bunch of stuff, but before mm-hmm. we start, like, I am just, like, in awe and congratulations on, on what Thank you built. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the best feedback one can get, isn't it? Yeah, well, especially, like, when you think about, and I'm, I'm kind of curious how you feel about this, because there's a lot of people who are kind of wading into um, video and YouTube mm. And especially with with watches, um, but I mean, if you could just share a little bit about kind of how the the watch channel started initially, because I don't think anyone has any true understanding of the amount of work and effort that goes into post production. Even even after you mm. spend all the time to get your lights right and your camera <laughs> and the amount of money you have to spend to get the good gear, and then you got to edit it too. It's like so how how did the video channel happen real quick? Well, basically it happened first in German. That was the first thing my husband and I started and I was behind the camera and he was in, he's still in front of the camera on our German channel. And um it all basically to like go back. He was always into photography and videography. And when I graduated, I quickly worked in a consultancy and got super tired of it because it was just too much. Um, Just not my thing. And so I started working with him. Uh, So we were both self-employed, basically. And because he was like doing like videography and photography and web design, I started to doing it too. And then we thought about um, like creating something. And there were watches. And then we started our German YouTube channel. Wait, you have a German YouTube channel? Yeah. It's, what? I didn't even like, know this. How did I make Oh, yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> I, I, don't really, I don't really like make it that public because I don't really think that most of my people, my people, most of my viewers would uh, be interested in seeing someone else speak German because sure. I'm not really okay. in that on a YouTube channel. I do the editing for some uh, videos and that. And I did a lot of the editing on that channel. Um, so now it's just, 
like my husband's doing the German one and I focus on, on my English channel. Oh, wow. And that's that's like a year ago. It's I, I uploaded my first video on January 5th last year. Okay. Is, Great time to start a new endeavor when once everyone, uh, <laughs> the whole world starts to end and everyone's forced to be at home. <laughs> if I knew back then what I was getting myself into, but uh, no, just kidding. Yeah. So yeah, it, it it kind of is it's like it just ran for itself like you don't really have it just happened basically yeah it just happened so now now i'm here but it, the big thing is that it kept happening right i mean i think like i always try to talk about this too and it, i think it's it's easy to have an idea and it's actually mm -hmm. sometimes even easy to execute on that idea but it's incredibly hard to continue executing on that idea because it's like What I mean, do you really want to shoot a video every time you're shooting a video? Like, is, are, you know, yeah. like, how do you find the, you know, excitement to keep going? Like, even like with podcasting, right? Like, I mean, we had to reschedule this a bunch of times because like stuff with my daughter and my family, you know, and it's just like, like life happens and it's so yeah. hard to try to like maintain the, the persona of what everyone externally wants you to be when some days you come in you're like look it's a watch like what do you want <laughs> I've been there done that as like what can i say about it because that's that's the other thing i'm i'm trying to keep it um i'm trying to keep my opinion out of it as much as possible because i think at the end of the day people kind of have this interest they want to know what Others, like what this huge like swarm of watch lovers think about a certain watch. They don't necessarily want to know what you, maybe some people do. They don't really want to know what you think personally, maybe at the end for like a minute. But in general, they don't really care, which I totally get. You kind of want to want to know what like, what do others think of this? It's, it's such a weird hobby. I love it. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll push back a tiny bit on that because I think maybe at the beginning, right? Because people haven't at least initially may not have established who you are in their mind right like they're still getting to know you like who's jenny l right but now like you're you're a personality into which i i actually would want to watch your stuff solely for your opinion otherwise i mean okay like who who cares about oh really it's the power reserve is that cool i can find that anywhere but <laughs> if you're saying like this is a bad watch or like this is really overpriced or I don't think people, you know, now it's tough, mm -hmm. right? Like, I mean, what's the, the yeah. elephant in the room is the fact that the the Swiss watch industry, like the watch industry as a whole, isn't always accepting of criticism. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> right? So, I mean, and I mean, that's probably, you know, the stuff that people, you know, rail against Hodinkee more than anything is that they're like, well, you should be mad or you should be, you know, and, and I feel like there's a, a very fine line to walk in. Mm and giving honest feedback and criticism on stuff. But with you specifically, I mean, you've, you're basically like the, the figurehead woman of the watch industry, like you and maybe like Kara and the, the 10 and 10 folks, like there's very few women that are in the watch industry, which mm -hmm. is a whole other can of worms. Um, yeah. But definitely. then, <laughs> then the amount of people like giving a very transparent opinion on it, And with you being the fact that, like, you don't work for Hoodinky or GQ or Lange or anyone else, you can be like, you know what? Like, Lange doesn't make the bracelet. Like, 
you know, the uh-huh. Odysseus isn't that big of a deal. Like it's overhyped or, you know, like you can say those things and not be in fear of those folks coming and like canceling your sponsorship or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I totally get it. Yeah. I think, see, that's what I think is, is, is perfect for like the last two to like three minutes of a video. Cause, cause I can see like in my analytics, that's like the viewers drop by the end of the video. They're like zoom out, which is totally fine, which I do so myself. And okay. I think those who stick around till the very end, they they probably want to hear like my take on it. That's why those things are always kept to like the very end. <laughs> when everything is said and done, and I can be like, okay, guys, let's be real. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I totally agree. It is a very fine line. And I'm, I'm happy that I, I'm I'm free to say if I want to say stuff, which is very important. Yeah. I'm not necessarily out to like bash anything. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll be but, clear. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not, I don't think that's like, sometimes people want to see people bash stuff, but I think at the end of the day, what's the most valued is an honest criticism in the yeah. sense that, I mean, I don't know. I'm not just trying to find something to poke fun at, but like, is Cartier really the the hype that everyone thinks it should be? Like, yeah, is yeah. it every For single example. person is is kicking me in the head right now, being like, you know, you never should have got rid of that tank. You know, Cartier is so hot, it's so hot, and I'm like, wait, is it? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I know, right? I mean, and it's 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 so, especially now with the watch world being as big and as hyped as it is with folks just coming in and like buying stuff and flipping things. I mean, the fact that like, for example, a Rolex date just right mm-hmm. now is close to 10,000 us dollars. I like my head's that's against insane. the wall. Yeah. I know. But yeah, it's it, Rolex is see, that's, that's the, you can love or hate it, but I think you should, I can totally respect the game behind it. It's, I'm it, it, like it frustrates me, but it's super interesting from all points of view how how they do it and how things are. Like the dynamic of just Rolex itself is incredible. Well, yeah, I mean, and I'll kind of kind of poke you a bit at this because I think as as someone like for me, like Rolex, I you know a lot of my friends that are getting into watches were into sneakers before or clothes or something before, so they're always mm-hmm. trying to find a way to kind of equate this. And I, and I always try to tell people like, look, like Rolex is like Jordans, like Air Jordans. And the fact that like, maybe mm-hmm. you don't like them now, like you feel like you're into some other cooler brand or something like that, but you still have to respect that, like what they built and the fact that like uh-huh. the name means this much, like people aren't going nuts over like a Grunfeld watch right now, even though the, the horology might be an order of magnitude better and the hand polishing or whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. but like a Rolex, it just carries so much more weight. And, and I think like, I, I, I still kind of wonder about that, especially now as you have all these new people where they're like, oh, I want to get a new watch. Maybe yeah. I get a Rolex, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's the first thing. Like, I'm so new to this, which Rolex should I get? I'm like, oh, okay. how do you handle that stuff well i do i can't answer like all people asking me stuff about which watch they should get which is a very tough question to begin with because i'm not that person my preferences are so different and i think buying a watch is such a personal thing so it's a bit difficult for me to give advice um when someone's asking me like which 
like I want to like get my first luxury watch, um, which Rolex should I get? I'm trying to ask them what they like about watches to kind of find out if they really want a Rolex, if they maybe want something completely different. There was this one email today and he, that person, it was he, um, he asked me about, so his wife-to-be wanted to give him a wedding gift and she communicated a budget to him so he could make a list of watches and she would pick one that he likes from it. And so he made a list of, of like, I think it was uh, an OP41, like the latest Oyster Perpetual. Mm-hmm. There was a Black Bear 58. There was, um, I think, a Panerai Lumino. I'm not sure which one. Okay. On it, the, the Omega Seamaster Diver 300M. Like, so many completely different watches. All but different sort of price like the, points, the, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like some of them a little bit below and some of them a little bit above. And he asked me, like, hey, which watch should I go for? I'm like, they're so different. Oh, yeah, the Explorer was on it as well. It's like all sorts of like different types of watches. And I just told him, like, hey, uh, try to be aware of what you actually are looking for. And, like, I don't know, like, look at your lifestyle. I hate that word, lifestyle. <laughs> but what are you going to do on a day-to-day basis and which watch fits the best for that if you wanted to wear it daily? Um because people get that confused. And I get that. Rolex makes it so easy to love them because they had, they've got so many things going for them. Uh, but sometimes you've really got to think about it. Yeah. And no. I mean, I always like, people have asked me, they're like, oh, like, I'm getting my first watch. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always like, well, what's your budget? And they're usually like, I don't know. Like, it's got to be cool. And I'll always be like, well, <laughs> like, what do you want this to do for you? Like, what do you mm-hmm. want to tell the world? I mean, because obviously, right, like, you don't really need to tell the time. It's it's on your True. phone. You know, so, like, wh- are you trying to tell people, like, respect me? Like, uh, are, you, are you trying to say I'm rich? What, like, what are you saying? Cause yeah, it, that's a good point. Unfortunately, that is going to dictate your watch. Like, if you mm-hmm. want everyone to know that you're fancy and you got a cool watch, fine, get a Rolex. It means mm-hmm. all this other stuff to people who don't know about watches. You know, and, and somebody's like, well, I want like an insider's insider's watch. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, so it, it's, it's, it's just kind of crazy to me. And I, yeah, I, I do, I hope you also find are flattered though by people wanting your endorsement on a Absolutely. purchase as large as that. Yes, yes, of course, of course. I've, it's just, I'm always, I, like those questions just basically overwhelm me a lot because I don't want to may, be made responsible for like bad choices at the end. <laughs> like in like two years, they come after me and be like, you told me to get this and I hate it. <laughs> um, I'm trying to be very uh, diplomatic about my answers. Yeah. But I always like, when I answer those questions, I always tell them like, listen, I'm a Rolex fangirl. I'm not unbiased. No one can be, like, I don't think you can be unbiased as a person so keep that in mind and then i just fire away with whatever i think yeah so yeah basically that well it's 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 interesting too because i mean looking at you know i think you you've done a few of these kind of ama style things online on instagram and you even said like how overwhelmed you've been by people just wanting to ask you questions about stuff yeah Oof. I'm I'm super bad at Instagram to begin with, which is oh gosh, I'm I'm like so envious of people who like post every day and they got like cool stories and great pictures to share. Um 
I I don't know, tried to answer like five messages a day. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's it's difficult. It's difficult. I'm trying not to spend that much time on my phone, um, which was the reason why I got my Apple Watch, which I got a lot of shit for. <laughs> but that's really? Okay. I did. I did. Um, a couple of people really they did uh, texted me like on Instagram, like DM'd me and said how disappointed they were to see an Apple Watch on my channel. It's like I'm sorry, not sorry, but that's okay. Um, because I wanted to, like, have something so I don't have to bring my phone all the time. Because if people want to reach me, they can just call me. And I'm I'm going to be that douchebag somewhere that talks to their Apple Watch in public. <laughs> <laughs> but since there is no public anymore and yeah, no one's out and about, no one cares. So I'm good. I mean, I, I have an Apple Watch that I wear a ton at home. And I find mm-hmm. myself wearing it more and more because I can't really go to the gym and like right now there's three inches of snow outside so I'm like trying to find ways to Mm. find some way to be active or something you know and the watch is nice like that and also you know I'm I'm you know working and moving things around the house like I already banged my I scratched the crystal of my day chest you know which was like no it's fine I mean it's you know it it was probably a replacement crystal as is it's an older watch but just like (laughs) And it's easier to just, oops, sorry, I bumped my Apple Watch. But yeah, it's, I, it's kind of feel kind of weird with folks saying like they're disappointed. I mean, how do you keep from like venting back at that person where it's just like disappointed, like go, go away? Oh, like, I, I, <laughs> I really do have to stop myself sometimes from also see like with the comments like on Instagram or on my YouTube channel. I do block out, like you can put a filter on your uh, channel that blocks out um, yeah, certain words insults. and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Because I think you don't need that to make your point. Um, but I like the other stuff just stays there, which is fine. But like some people are so interesting in their way that they comment. And I'm oh, what a so great tempted word. to, <laughs> to, <laughs> so tempted to, to say something, but then. Because that, like today was 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 the day where I was like, uh, I read a comment on my latest video about um, why women don't like watches, yeah. And and someone was saying uh, something that I totally disagreed with, and I was like, oh gosh, I really want to answer, but then I I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to take that time which I would have used to answer that person, which wasn't really nice, and I don't know, answer to like someone who had something constructive to say or was nice. I'm trying to divert that attention, basically, <laughs> because I, for like with some people, there's like no use. You can't argue with them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I'm just yeah. looking for a different comment and answer that one. Well, I mean, focus on these people. I'll I'll go there because you you already mentioned it. Like you did come out with this this video thing of like why women don't like watches, and yeah, it was a bit of a lightning rod. Um, what, can you kind of explain that, uh, a little bit more of like why, why the idea came to make that and, you know, what you were trying to say? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I do get that question quite a lot since I started. That was like such a, like often asked question, like, Hey Jenny, I got a wife or a girlfriend that isn't into watches. Why is that? And how do I convince her? How do I, um, I don't know, basically make her love watches too. Mm-hmm. And then it was my first Q&A where someone asked me um, if they should buy their, I don't know if it was like a girlfriend or wife, 
um, a Gucci watch. Um, and that started it. And then I answered that question, basically saying like, hey, if she wants a Gucci watch, which is considered a fashion watch, then you should give her that watch if you want to gift it to her, obviously. Um, and then I expanded on it and sort of tapped on or touched on very briefly about what I think is behind the whole why women don't like watches thing. Because, um, I mean, that sentence in itself isn't right. That's not correct is I mean women do like watches but it's it's sort of like a buzz sentence and it's it makes for a good title so <laughs> no shame um and I do correct myself at the end of the video uh where I say that it's not that it's it's basically that most women don't like the watches the stereotypical watch lover likes and there's a reason there's so many reasons for it and um, I, I wanted to, I really wanted to sit down and get behind it. And the more I went into it and the more I did my research, the more yeah. I, I realized that this is not going to be easy to cover in a YouTube video. And <laughs> I definitely left out so many things, but it would just have blown up the video. And I think no one's going to watch an one hour video about that. So you mean your YouTube video to... couldn't fix misogyny? <laughs> What? <laughs> Unfortunately, for some reason. Um, so, yeah, I try to condense it and try to make my point. But there's still so much that that can be talked about. And I absolutely um, am super happy to see how so many people um, first were very, like, positive in the comments, which was I was so nervous putting that video online. I was super nervous. I was sitting on my computer. I was like, okay, we're going to put it live. And like Kai, my husband, he was sitting next to me and he's like, yeah, it's like, put it live. It's going to be fine. I was like, oh God. And I talked to my mom about it. Uh, Wait, really? I know it. Yeah. I mean, I had to translate it for her <laughs> um, and kind of give her the gist of the video and just trying to get her opinion. And I also send it to some other um, female friends and, and try to get their point of view. And because that was the other thing. In my first um, sort of script of, of that video um, that I had to, ch that I wanted to change, I did, I was very harsh in my tone. I was very defensive, um, which I didn't want to come across because I don't think that's the way to go. Because uh, it's such a, see, it's, it's a very fine line between making a good point without sounding overly negative. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? I don't want I don't want to be that that like super naggy person on the internet that blames men because I don't think that's right either. Mm. Um, so yeah, that went through a lot of editing, <laughs> but I'm super happy how it turned out. Yeah, um, and it was oh yeah, it was a cool experience. Well, I mean, no, it was great. I mean, and when you think about not just from a you know watch discussion, but just like in terms of journalism and like what, what you're, you're putting out there. I mean, it's, it's, it's excellent. And I think, you know, cause I already have caught myself, you know, caught the, the, the like inbred sort of like misogyny and sexism in my own mind. When I remember a friend of mine was telling me about like your channel and stuff. He's like, yeah, he's like, you gotta check out like her name's Jenny L. She's really good. And like, she talks about watches and, and he was like, yeah, like, and she's a woman and like, she's like really good about it. And I was like, Oh really? Like, 
And then I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like, why? Sorry for the language. I was like, I was like, why did, why did we both pause and be like, oh, and like, she's a woman. Like, like, does it, like, why is that matter? And, mm-hmm. you know, and then like, we both called each other on it and then we're trying oh, to cool. like backpedal in the fact that we were like, <laughs> well, no, like we're saying it because it's so rare in the industry and, and it's like, no, 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 like, <laughs> <laughs> but I like I totally get it, and like the same for me. It's it's not like a it's not like a male only thing. It's the same like whenever I see like some new female face popping up, or like someone that I haven't heard of before that's been there before, way before me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, like she's a, a lady watch person. <laughs> like, oh dang, Jenny, she like that's a watch person. Why do you have to be like, oh, that's like it's a she. Yeah. But, um, no, well, I mean, it, it's great that you're doing that. I mean, as, especially when, again, like, just like the the quality and the content that you're doing out there, I think is, is also, there, but there's tons of other folks in the industry that have really kind of taken notice of that. I mean, have you... That's so cool. Have you had people reach out to you? I, I did. I did. And, and um, every time some, some name reaches out... Um, I'm a bit starstruck and like, okay, Jenny, you gotta keep it cool, and like, don't blow this. But I, I'm, I'm, I do communicate to to like manufacturers and companies that approach me that, though I'm very flattered and I'm I'm super happy to to collaborate, I do have certain um, like rules or certain limits to to collaborating with with brands. I'm just gonna call them brands. Sure. So that they know what's up from the beginning and uh, don't expect too much. <laughs> oh, you mean they can't just put you on a plane and bring you to their factory and you're going to make some video for them that they'd pay half a million dollars for? <laughs> I mean, everyone has their <laughs> price, but <laughs> no, I mean, I've, like we, do, we don't take any money from, from watch brands. That's like the number one thing. We're like, listen, because like it will bite us in the behind. Uh, later on if we keep start doing that and then I think you kind of it's like shooting yourself in the leg basically yeah well I mean no you start doing that yeah you're absolutely right because I think once you once you do that too I mean you look at other companies that have that used to start out as you know critiquing editors and journalists and once you start taking that it's hard to stop because the money's good but it's also now your whole audience is going to start questioning your integrity. It's like, oh, well, wait, mm. this is sponsored by, like, Nomos? Like, well, does that mean she's always going to say something nice about Nomos? Or, like, you know, like, Yeah, what? I think the, the, it's, it's not like I'm, I'm critiquing that uh, model of financing your, your content. It's just for, like, it, it's ba- it basically comes down to, um, like, you can't come up to me and say, like, hey, we got this new watch. We're going to pay you X amount, and then you're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then we want to see the video beforehand. That's the thing where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, that's where I'm drawing the line. I'm like, no, that's not cool. Either you like, ha- if you're happy to send me the watch, and I can like take a look at it and decide if I want to make a video. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But please don't uh, get me into that situation where I have to feel like I'm, I have to be nice about it if if something's not okay. Yeah. Well, that, that's called editorial integrity. It's 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 rare and rare these days, especially in the states. But like that, that's great. 
Don't be so hard on yourself. No, I'm, I mean, it's just, it's kind of the way that, I mean, you look at, um, I was talking to a friend of mine who does PR and press for, he works for a few uh, luxury companies. And they, you know, they want to get press in American magazines and American outlets. And basically, before he's able to even finish explaining why he's talking to the press outlet, they cut him off and they say, okay, cool. Do you have affiliate links set up with us yet? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In the sense that they're like, that's fine, but they're basically trying to monetize every aspect of every editorial outlet in the sense that um, they want affiliate links so they can get percentages of sales that are going to happen from the... And like, I get that. But the fact Mm -hmm. that like, he wasn't even able to finish his discussion with them before they're like, cool, but do you have affiliate links? And he's like, well, no. And, and I don't, I don't know if this brand's going to do it. And they're like, well, then we're not interested. That mm. like infuriated me uh, in the sense where it's like, well, no, like, well, there's still great stories and great things out there. And I think maybe now more than ever, it's why people, it's good and it's bad, right? Because you, ha- you have, um, you have a lot of people looking to get their news from very independent places uh, say like, let's just use politics for example, right? They're like, well, I don't really trust this n- company anymore. I'm going to go to this mm-hmm. person, and like, well, who's that person? Like, do they really have any credibility, etc.? But on the other hand, in some cases, like, say someone's writing about watch stuff, and now they want to go Jenny L is like their out- outlet for mm-hmm. all watch related stuff. They know that you have your own sort of standard and ethics that you're following. And you're going to shoot people straight. You're going to tell people how you feel about things. And like that in itself gives you far more credibility with everything else that's happening. And I'm not here to like rip on like brands or other outlets. Let me be really clear. It's just that what you're doing, unfortunately, is more and more rare, especially in this narrow luxury world. I think it's, it's, perhaps it's because it's like the video format. I think you can... You can tell that. And here's the thing. Like, I do admire those who are like, yes, this is, like, sponsored by, but that, like, honestly critique something. And there are creators out there who do a perfect absolutely. job. And yeah. whatever they put out, I absolutely trust them. And that's that's amazing. But I think, especially when you do, like, video content, because it's your face and, like, that's, like, you in front of the camera. You have to be... Like, at least for me, that's, like, I have to be, like, absolutely clear and transparent. I can't, like, sit here and and say something and don't mean it. That would be... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's a tricky situation. And I don't think there is... Yeah, it's it's tricky. But, like, would you have... Do you ever see yourself talking about something other than watches? Um, hmm. I don't want to say no. But as of right now, I I can't think of anything other than watches. We're talking about watches, and there are lots of watches to choose from. Well, maybe you're just starting to get into them. And maybe you're ready to add your 10th watch to the case. I've been a fan of Topper Jewelers for everything in the watch world. Look, I know enough to be dangerous, and Topper is a great place and the only place I trust to nurture my knowledge and help connect me deeper into watches. 
Topper is a family-owned and operated watch dealer for three generations. And by the way, they're an authorized dealer for premium Swiss and Japanese watches from Omega, Grand Seiko, Moser, Longines, and more. They sell the watch you can afford now and the watch you'll buy in the future. It's all through Topper. But Topper also specializes in pre-owned watches, carrying a deep selection of references from Rolex to Tudor to Breitling and many more. And that selection changes every week. And if you're subscribed to Topper's email newsletter, you'll get access to four secret additions to their pre-owned drop every Friday morning, giving you the first right of refusal on the hottest offerings out there. So visit topperjewelers.com to shop, subscribe, and join Topper's very own watch fam. That's T-O-P-P-E-R jewelers.com. Because, uh, like for now, this is what I want to do. And because I don't really have any sort of like big responsibilities, um, I'm, I'm super grateful that I can do this mm-hmm. right now and, and be super flexible. And uh, I can't really predict. I don't know what I'm going to do in like three years, honestly. Perhaps, perhaps I'm 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 thinking of a different project or something different comes up. But I mean, I'm not a car person, even though people think so because I'm German. They kind of assume that I, <laughs> I have to like cars too. But I really don't know anything about cars. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I don't know. Probably. Probably not. It's okay. For now. For a no now. answer is also an answer. That's totally fine. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, because I think it, I mean, just to jump back for a second, you said you don't know what you're going to do in the next three years. How does that make you feel? Because I think more people should be honest with the fact that they have no idea what their future <laughs> is, is going to look like. True. I mean, I do feel super insecure about that part, <laughs> which is fine. You have to embrace the insecurity about your future because I'm I'm like turning 30 this year. So I'm in the quarter life crisis right now. So uh, uh-huh. I do think about my future a lot and where things are going to go for me and heading. Um, so I do feel very insecure about that part because with like social media and all that stuff, you see people having their like shit together and be super professional and they know everything and Are you sure I, about that? I mean, That's why I it's know, a picture. I, I know, I know. <laughs> but I I always feel like some part of me still believes that this is real and uh people really do have their shit together and I just don't. Um so I'm just I'm just sitting here and making my videos and just waiting for that moment where I feel like a grown-up and then I'll probably know what to do. <laughs> well, I mean, you're you're making your living off of your videos right now, correct? Mostly, yes. We do have uh, an online shop here in Germany where we sell um, our watch rolls. But uh, yeah, it's mainly the YouTube channel for me. And well, I mean, but you're, you're, you're trading off of your brand that you started. Like that already is an order of magnitude far greater than you know, anyone else. I mean, like you, you did it, like you're successful. You, you, you started your thing and you make a living off of it. And <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> that's amazing. And I mean, I feel like, cause I even try to like pinch myself with that stuff because literally yesterday I had a freaking panic attack in the bathroom mm-hmm. as I was like, oh my God, wait, what, what is next year supposed to be? Do I just, am I going to be like 50 years old making podcasts? 
Like, what? <laughs> will people even listen to podcasts? Do people even like me? I'm like, oh my god, what the fuck am I doing? I'm like, I know oh, what you mean. oh god, oh, I'm like, god. I have a kid. I have a three year old. What the f- is? You know, what do I be like? Go downstairs and her, oh, you know, she's talking to her friends and she's like, yeah, my dad like talks to people and and then you find out that the computer isn't connected to anything and there's no internet in the house. I'm just <laughs> talking to the wall. <laughs> I, I, oh yeah, it's I, I, I absolutely get you. Like honestly, that could have been me. Uh, but it's it's isn't that so strange with these like new social media jobs that yeah. they come with such an uncertainty and woof like that. It gets tough sometimes. It that's the same question that I ask myself. Like in I don't know, like five years time, am I going to be? Still sitting here and, and talk about watches. <laughs> it sounds it sounds super stupid, but that's like the question I ask myself as well. Like, what am I going to do with my life? Is this something for the long run or not? Are people going to even? I mean, I feel like the attention span gets shorter and shorter. I mean, mm-hmm. look at TikTok. I, I like shame on me. I did download the app and, and had had like oh gosh, it's so it's so <laughs> stupid but so addictive, and I it. Like, the cringe is unreal on this app. Wow, like, ew. So, I've never uploaded anything, by the way. Just, just <laughs> let's let's make this clear. I've never uploaded anything. I'm just, it's just like, I try to see what the kids are doing these days. Because, <laughs> like, you know, it's a new platform. Who knows? Um, no, I mean, you're right. I, a buddy of mine told me about a thing called Instagram ages ago. <laughs> and I had signed up. And I was like, this is dumb. You just share photos? I'm like, what an yeah, idiot. That's stupid. <laughs> who, who does? Who wants to look at that? Yeah. And I remember the time when I had a friend of mine be like, hey, Jenny, you should sign up to Facebook. It's like, what? What's that? Like, that's like some American website. I'm not going to use that. And then I was that person who like overshared on Facebook, by the way, when I was like, I don't know, how old was I? 17, 16? Sure. Um, I mean, but yeah, Facebook has changed too. So yeah, oh my God. Yeah, TikTok is is super cringe. But yeah, as the attention span gets shorter and shorter, I, I don't know like what people are going to, to do on YouTube in the next couple of years. I mean, they introduce their like story elements. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can see how the trend moves towards very short pieces of content. People want to see something and get like the endorphin spike from it and then just swipe and swipe and swipe it's like the endless scroll that you have on facebook and netflix and they yeah. just want to keep on like scrolling and i don't know are people going to like watch me for eight minutes trying to put in as much puns as i can without <laughs> people know just it i don't know but yeah well here's here's the thing and like I, I was trying to think about this too and as i was saying when i calmed myself down like everything that you're building now and especially, you know, to like when people are looking for honest, like outlets of places that have a high level of integrity and trust, right? Like, and especially where people want to have direct relationships with the companies, brands, things that they patronize, right? Like the fact that the company is, is your name. And Mm -hmm. it's you and you're the face of that. Every single thing that you build is, is improving everything in the sense that, well, okay, so say five years from now, 
fine. Mm-hmm. You don't want to talk about watches. Fine. But you spent X amount of time building your reputation and knowledge of mm. someone who's going to, you have an extremely high level of production. You have, so like everything looks good. So the standard is already set and where people are going to be like, oh yeah, that's fine. Of course she's going to talk to me about um, s- sweaters or, or whatever it is that you, that that you sense, get yeah. into. Like, and that's, that's something that no matter what, you can have the confidence in that like it it's your brand and your identity that you're also building. So sure. In three years, if you want to walk away, fine, like do it, but you still have all of the work you put into you as your, you know, your brand. That's yeah. It's like a therapy session. You're well, right. <laughs> sorry. I don't mean it like that. But just like, I mean, and that's no, that the thing was that, really good. Yeah. Cause I have no idea how this stuff's going to continue. I mean, we, Mm -hmm. we pivoted to making other shows for other folks, but what we're finding out more than anything is people just want more of, you know, me, which was really weird because I'm like, well, wait, what? Like, no, like I'm not cool. I'm not, I don't have, no. and, And that's, and I'm not looking for any compliments or anything, but it's like, I'm not, I'm not who you think I am. Like, I live in fear and panic, and I weigh myself all day, and I'm upset that my clothes don't fit right, and I my mattress is on the floor because we still haven't even bought a bed frame yet. Like, like it just, like, stuff like <laughs> that. They're like, my shit is not put together. And I'm like, well, okay, I guess I just got to embrace the insanity and the craziness of just the unknown when, I don't know if you have this, like, you have parents or other people that are like, so what are you going to do in five years? Are you saving for retirement? Are you going to, yeah. are, are you going to, and I'm just like, I don't know. No, I'm not. I, I bought a podcast microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm, I, I put some like, uh, like winter tires on my car and is not grown up. Is hey, that what I need? Like, yeah. Whoop, whoop. Uh, I, yeah, I, I can absolutely relate. It's 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 why I've, I've noticed how, especially in 2020, I relied so much on like escapism and like looking for content that just, I don't know, keeps my mind off of things for like a certain amount of time. Because, uh, yeah, as you get, it sounds so dramatic, as you get older, I'm, I'm, don't say I'm, I'm old. Um, I, I hear you. Uh, but you start to think about all these things and oof, sometimes they weigh super heavy. Uh, so, so yeah, but I, that's, that's like the thing I do enjoy, uh, hearing other people talk about it. And <laughs> so I absolutely totally, uh, am all for people sharing that stuff. So yeah, sorry for that. venting. Uh- no, that's, that's like, the, I think that's, isn't that the most interesting part to hear how, how other people, just how normal life is basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, and I think that's the thing, like, all of us get so used to interacting with people on things like, like, yeah, like Instagram or, or something where, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, before this conversation, all of my interactions with you were through your videos, which your personality <laughs> level is like up here, the production, the lighting, the color correcting, whatever it is that you're like, wow, you know, and to be able to be like, oh, okay, good. This person's human. Thank God. You know, <laughs> I can, I can breathe. See, that's why, that's the thing. And it, I think it's such, such a metaphor for life in general. Cause I'm like sitting where I film my uh, videos. Right yeah. Now. Oh, I can tell. I see um, the, the, yeah. The backdrop there. Tidied up, by the way. But it's like, <laughs> if you could, if I would tilt the camera like 
like down, you would see all that mess, like all the cables and all that stuff that is not organized. It works. Right. But, and that's just, isn't that like you have the tip of the iceberg and then all that mess below the water surface? And that's just it. You guys, I'm sitting yeah. on a plastic chair by IKEA. So. <laughs> <laughs> for now, I'm right? Not, yeah, I'm not fancy. So yeah, for now I'm I'm sitting on 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 the plastic chair and it's it's all right. Yeah, same here. My this is a a desk that every time I bump it with my knee, the whole camera and world shakes. Where it looks like I'm having a, you know, eight point Richter scale earthquake, which is by moving my knee. Uh, my buddy actually was like, hey, I see some of the books behind you, and you might want to rearrange those if people are seeing your video stuff. And I'm like, really? Like, I have all these people that are, like, trying to help me with, like, how the, the image behind me and stuff is supposed oh, to be. Right. And then I was like, fuck it, I'm buying a green screen. <laughs> I was just like... Yeah, I've seen, I've seen some, a lot of people have that, right? Like, they have, like, when they, like, do a Zoom call and they've got a green screen, like, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I don't know if it was, like, some Instagram ad thing or what, but basically for, like, 100 bucks, you can mm-hmm. buy a little green screen and you just pop it up. But the problem yeah, right. is... I mean, I don't, I'm sure you're aware of this stuff. Like, to use a green screen, you have to be really, really well lit. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're gonna, you know, it's just gonna look kind of gooey behind you. Yeah, it, it, it's like it reflects. Like, green is such a like reflecting color. Like, it's so glaring, and then you've got like like not really nice edges. You have to get like a yeah. Let's see, I don't know the English word for it, but like a light that shines from the back. Is that like um, how do you call that? Backlight, I guess. Backlight, probably yeah. yes. Uh, so yeah, lighting lighting is key. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, for it, watches. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And loops and all that sort of stuff. Um, to jump back about watches, what are the things that like you've seen recently uh, in the industry where you've been like, oh, like this is good, like like the things that you've been like watching how the industry is being, you know, like for example. IWC is really trying to be more uh, like having a direct relationship with brands mm-hmm. or, you know, so in your case. Hmm. What have I seen that is good? <laughs> it's very <laughs> ambiguous on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that that's fine. And, and my, my long pause indicates that I'm very unsure about the good things. Is that a bad thing? Probably. Well, mm, We'll say, how about this, like how, so, you know, over the past year or so, especially with the pandemic, the distribution model has radically changed. That it did, yes. See, yeah, that's a good point. I, I was I was super happy when the, the Navy Tudor Black Bay 58 was basically a- available, in quotation marks, um, right. right when they announced, like, release it. I mean, there's been some, some leaks and stuff. But like when they officially announced it, it was at the ADs to try it on. And I think, I mean, that makes so much sense. Why would you release a watch or like announce it and then have it at ADs like months later when like... You mean the Speedmaster? (laughs) I didn't want to name names, but (laughs) I never said that. Well, no, I'm just kidding. But it doesn't make sense. Like people are hot. And you want to get these like impulse buyers to, to be able to jump on your product. I mean, you guys, do you want to make money or not? Like get it into the store so people can buy it and have yeah. it available. They want to touch it. It's 
it's so easy to misjudge a watch uh, from the website. And that's that's also a thing that I'm super, that kind of, it's an interesting thing that so many pictures on websites from watch brands really do not look like the watches in real life. They do so much um, like color correcting or like they just bump up the contrast, I feel, oftentimes and have it there. And they, it's, uh, I don't know, I'm not a big fan of a lot of watch photography from official watch manufacturers, if I may mm -hmm. say so. <laughs> no, I think please. There's, they, they often use renderings, which I totally understand. You want to make your, your watch look as perfect as possible because it is a high-priced product for most um, of, of the watch brands and for most people, obviously. But I wish they would rely more on like proper real-life photography to showcase their watches. Because that's how you as a customer experience those watches at the end of the day. You see them in real life. And sometimes when you see a watch and like the dial color is completely different. It's like a different color of, of I don't know, like blue or green or whatever. And then it's like, oh, I don't know. Which is always yeah. what I'm saying. Like you need to see that watch in real life. Well, and see you. it with different from different people too. I mean, I looking back at, yeah, like you would say the the Tudor, the navy blue Blackway fifty eight. Like they they seeded that watch to a bunch of people. I mean, they sent one mm -hmm. to me, and they were just like, "Hey, enjoy it, wear it, like take pictures, yeah. do whatever you want to do with That's it." Great. And yeah, it was great because you also got to see how that watch looked from a bunch of different people at the same time. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, okay, this guy lives on the beach, and the the light looks like this over there, or you know, this guy is just taking pictures outside in his backyard like you you got to see the full sort of view and also with everyone's varying mm. levels of professional photography styles which in most cases were non-existent but i feel like that benefited everything and so it's yeah. like they crushed everyone's social media in like 24 <laughs> to 48 hours they and then did. you could go buy it immediately and you know, versus like the, say the Speedmaster thing, like, look, I love Omega. I mean, they're, it's cool. Uh, it's too big, but that's a whole other story. But, um, what, but like you, you can't get it. I yeah. actually thought it was available and I emailed someone and I don't even have the money to buy the watch. I was like, hey, you know, is it for, is it available? And they were like, yeah, we, we might be getting it uh, maybe the end of March. And I was like, ah, no, I'm not interested. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> man, you gotta, you gotta catch these people right when they're hot. Right? It's so essential. I don't, that's the thing. I'm like, you guys, wait, let them wait. People love to wait and be excited. And, and my God, give them a countdown and they will look so much more forward to it. And, and like watch the countdown go down. It's the excitement that's like half the fun before you get it. Um, yeah. So. Well, and. You know, nowadays you're seeing more and more people buying their watches. Even it's fine; it might be through an authorized dealer, but they're buying the watches online. Mm -hmm. And you know, they're they're not even. Yeah, a friend of mine bought a watch from an AD. AD shipped it to his house. Now I think this is it was kind awesome. of masked by COVID stuff. They shipped it to his house, which used to not be okay. Mm -hmm. He he told them how many links he wanted removed. He shipped it back to them. They changed the links and they shipped it wow. back to him, and you know, and it was a uh, it was a watch with the crown on it, right? That like, in other words, would never be okay. That, but yeah, now people are just like happen. buying watches online, like Hodinkee. Look at Hodinkee; they're selling millions of dollars mm -hmm. of watches, yeah. online. 
That's it. That's another thing. They, they, they. There's a whole lot to improve about like the online experience on the website themselves when it comes to watches, because they like some, some, some are really hard to navigate, and I wouldn't say I'm like not able to to navigate difficult websites. It should be easy, right? Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting what's going to happen in there. So yeah, to come back to your question, the good thing it was definitely how brands did show that you can release a watch and have it available within a couple yeah. of days. That was cool. I I want I want things to be a bit more quick and like as soon as it's released, make it quick, quick and dirty, yeah. basically. So get it out well, and let me buy it and then be done with it. I mean, what's your watch collection grown to now? Because you, I know you got the, you and your husband got each other like engagement watches, mm-hmm. right? Well, it's not, nah, I would say engagement. It's like a, we, we. Wedding ring watches? Yes. Or yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. So, what, sorry, so you did you that. say about the growth or? Oh, yeah, like it? what your, what your watch collection's gone from now to recently. Uh, I didn't really buy that much watches since then and I haven't owned that many I did have a swatch a trusted swatch before like going for the high-end stuff um oh the blasphemy <laughs> so I have a ton of watches that are just um, all my expensive watches I basically sold to like pay for podcasting and stuff but a lot of the watches I kept are just worthless and this <gasps> is a dead stock Mickey Mouse it's a Bradley watch um, which mother fudge, you can't really see it. It's not really in focus. Um, oh, and it's got the old Mickey face. Yeah. It's the old Mickey face. It's from, and it's like all like dead stock. Like I have the original guarantee. This is the original bracelet. Um, Dang. You know, the plastic. Yeah. And, but if you wind it, it sounds like a bomb. It's so loud i can hear it outside the room if i wind it right now it will ruin our recording like it's so it's like it's so stinking loud um but i've but the funny thing is like so many people i guess i don't know people all want rolexes or whatever right and there's so many great little watches even like you can find like a longines for like 500 bucks. Yeah, I mean, you know? the, the watch that I'm wearing right now, that was a summer, like, impulse buy. It's a it's a 34 millimeter, like, Seiko. Is it's, it, wait, is it the Grand Seiko? Oh, no, no, no. no. Just regular it's, Seiko? It's, it's a regular Seiko, and it's, I like to wear it a bit more loose. Um, yeah. It's like the Red Dial Cocktail Time with the oh, yeah. super crazy, I don't know if, if it shows, it has, like, a super crazy pattern on it. Um, yeah. I did add a couple of like more, I don't want to say cheaper because that's not the word I was looking for. Um, less expensive. Less expensive. Thank you. Exactly. Um, I did add a couple of like less expensive-ish watches compared to like, let's say my wedding watch. Like this one, I bought the uh, the Chun-Li from Seiko, uh, the Street Fighter. The Street Fighter division. one? Ooh, Hell yeah. Dang, that one is so cool. Like, I, yeah. I got my brother the, the real one because we used to play. Like, he's five years older than me. And okay. basically our childhood was him sitting at the computer or at the PlayStation 1. And basically the two of us, like, taking turns when, when either one died or lost. And then we would switch and then I would get in the game. And oh, those were the days. And so when I saw that, <laughs> a limited edition came out. 
I was I was immediately calling uh, a Seiko AD. Mm-hmm. And I was like, listen, you need to, I don't know if this is going to sell out. Did you tell them who you were? You're like, do you know my effing YouTube channel? Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they, I don't, see, they didn't even call me back, which is quite sad. I ended up buying it online because I couldn't reach anyone. I was like, dang it. That is trash. Because they did release the watch and then I was like, okay, are they going to like call me back or like email me? Because I did tell them like, listen, if as soon as it hits your store, like hit me up and, and I'm I'm ready to buy. Mm-hmm. But then no one said anything to me. But And then I ended up going online, which is fine. I tried to like sit it out and wait. And then I got super nervous. I'm like, okay, listen, I need to have it now. And, and I <sighs> bought it. But yeah, that was, oh, geez, so great. Um, but nothing, I didn't add much. That's the thing, like a lot of people think a lot of the watches that I show are mine, which is absolutely not the case. Oh my God, I would love to have all these watches, but uh, I lend them from from ADs or uh, from people I know yeah, and then just give them back. Or from brands directly, that's another thing. For example, my, my Flieger watches video, Sinlaco uh, and Stova. They were friendly enough to, to lend me the watches, for example. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, my, my gifted, uh, the candy pink, the OP36 that I got. Oh, to yeah. It was this week, I think. It was the first time that I took it off since November. Because that really? was just, yeah. My birthday was in November, and I just wore it throughout. Oh, it's so great. It's like a 36 <laughs> Oyster Perpetual. It's the case that does it for me. It's so perfect. And and I do like the new uh, lugs. They're like a little bit slimmer and mm-hmm. a little bit finer looking. I'm a big fan. Um, and see, it's, oh, coming back to like uh, like inbred uh like sexism or uh, misogyny <laughs> when when they when they came out with the um, with the uh, like OPs and their colored dials. My first instinct was to not like the pink because I thought this would be too much of a girly girl watch and everyone would expect me to go for the pink, which is so dumb. You no, know, I mean, I, it's, I it's, understand it's a color, what you're saying. Yeah, but like I was like my first instinct was like, no, Jenny, you can't be obsessed with the pink. Because that's just, that's just too obvious. Well, but that was put into your head because the majority of all air quote ladies Rolexes would be pink. The like, do you remember like when when Rolex had like the little ladies date, the lady date and stuff like that? It would be like a little pink sort of dial or a, I don't know what hue they would call it, but like they might not have said Mm. the word pink, but it was always a pinkish color. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is the ladies one. And it's like. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I mean, it's all—it's also part of what they put into there. If they had never That's done true. it, and here's yeah. it's, it's not like I, if if like my top two are definitely like the Tiffany blue, which is not a Tiffany blue, the blue and the the candy pink. Those are just mm-hmm. amazing. But like it, like a couple of days went past, and um, the more I saw the candy pink, it's like oh. It's so beautiful. It's just the perfect shade of pastel pink. And it looks so different in different lightings. It, it can look very cream. It can be very intensely pink. It also depends on what you're wearing. I'm wearing mostly black stuff. This is just 
basically all I wear. By the way, there's that one person who commented that they hate my black t-shirts. Screw you for saying that. My black t-shirts They hate your black awesome. t-shirts? Someone said that. It was... God, that made me I'm just so laugh. Sorry. No, no, don't worry. But like, because I mainly wear black uh, stuff. Sure. The pink really pops and I'm super happy with that. <laughs> Yeah, I I wanted the yellow one, but I was like looking at it and basically if you want it here in the states, like the there's a waitlist for Datejust, which is ridiculous, and and there's a waitlist for OPs, which is also ridiculous. And then if you want it, I think they have them for like $9,000. So like like through gray dealers, right? I I think the the yellow one is also like one of the most popular colors. Yeah. I feel well, like it is, I mean, it's, it is great. It's it's great, but yeah, it's just, it's nuts. And like for me, that whole experience has just soured me with Rolex. Where I'm like, you know what? I'm, you can get tons of great watches for way less than that. I'm just going to double down Absolutely. on, yeah, I mean, that's also why I love Seikos. I mean, you'd mentioned that, like, they're just, in they're terms great. of, yeah, like like the manufacturing, the movements, the ability to get <laughs> that's that's the thing it was it, well, I, I remember when um i first started talking to my who was i talking about watches and like the higher end watches and trying to explain that even if you would want to buy something you just would not be able to for like some yeah. brands and watches and they're like huh what like what do you mean like you can't just pop into like the store and like get give them your money and be good to go. I was like, no, like you have to basically beg them. Just uh, obviously that's a bit too much. But yeah, it's it's a crazy world. But I I do I, I absolutely do uh, agree. Like for for if if that's if it if there's a model that's not available available, and if yeah. I can't get it, then I'm just not going to get it. Like that's just it then for me. If I can like go up to an ID and ask like if 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 it's possible, I would be interested. If you can make it happen, cool. If not, then yeah. I'm not going to to wait out and, and get my heart broken if it's not going to happen and just <laughs> move on. But see, can I also add something real quick? Please. I, this I is did, your time. I did <laughs> my time to talk. I did mention that in, in my Instagram story as well. As frustrating as the, the Rolex situation might be, mm-hmm. I think it is benefiting all the watch brands. Oh, yeah. Because, like, so it's like the spillover is incredible. And because Rolex drums up so much attention, um, you've got so many people that can't get one or can't get that's a bit weird, weirdly said, but they are not going to buy it for like the retail price and they're going to look for something different. And uh, it's kind of the, the gateway drug, sort of, that you yeah. don't use. But sort of want to and then you just take something else basically um so yeah yeah i mean like the the swatch group has got to have made just a crazy amount off of people that are like well now i'm getting into omega and people are like you know you know what i want i want the aquaterra and you're like really yeah okay and it's- <laughs> exactly <laughs> i was like you guys that that's the thing like brands could really like look at at, at like bigger brands and and see what people are really craving and then like fill those needs with watches basically yeah probably easier yeah. said than done but 
hey, how I'm not a watch manufacturer, so I can just say stuff like that. <laughs> well, so my buddies, I have a few friends that work at Lange, and they're, uh, they like, that the Odysseus, right, the steel, um, they're like, we can't get, know, basically so much of it was COVID issues, like, because they don't make the bracelet, so they couldn't get the bracelet, so they were super, so they had a bunch of watches that were, basically the the Odysseus heads and no bracelets. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, crap. So, well, we, we can't just have these sit here. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, let's just shift that production. Because it's not like a bunch of computers making these watches. Absolutely they're like, not. let's just shift that production to, you know, 1815s and stuff like that. And so there's just no uh, steel Odysseus anywhere. And because of that, now they're like, well, wait, you know, th- this watch is $60,000 all of a sudden. You know, a, a buddy of mine, he, he's a big watch collector. And, I mean, he just, like, has been able to, to trade up off of all the watches that he's able to get. Yeah. Because wow. I think he and, – and he almost looks at these as, like, rental services in the sense that, like, you're buying the watch. You <laughs> wear it for half a year or a year. The value of it jumps by 300%. Mm. You sell it, and then you buy, like, a DeFore or something. Up. Yeah. Yeah, that's the yeah, that's the I think that's the cool and the tricky part about this hobby anyway, is that you can it like once you put in the money, if you're smart about it and it if it aligns with your personal like taste and preferences, you can sort of not put any more money in and work with what you got and maybe like trade in a watch or sell it and then use that money towards a new one, which is really cool. But I also have I'm I'm a super non-confrontational so I don't really haggle. <laughs> okay. So it's not necessarily something for me because that makes me really uncomfortable. But people are really good at like negotiating prices and Yeah. There's a lot of watch brands that that are from like 80s and stuff that will give you certain brands at a pretty yeah. big discount right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I mean, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Throw, throw in a little bit of, of, of discount and make people happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, last thing I wanted to chat with you about is vintage stuff. Mm-hmm. Vintage watches. Like, do you see yourself jumping into the vintage game? Uh, there was a time where I was heavily invested in, in looking for vintage watches. Um, I find it so difficult, though, because... I feel like whenever you find a model that you are interested in and you start to look for like vintage pieces of that, you kind of like fall into this rabbit hole of reading all sorts of, of info about what to, to be aware of and there's this problem with that watch and this problem with that model and in that year they did this to that watch and, and be on the lookout for that uh, configuration or whatever. Oh, and it's super complicated. I don't know if it's me being lazy about it. Mm, but I feel like vintage watches to me are this like huge mountain and I'm like standing at the base and looking up and can't really see the, the top because there's like so much to know about vintage. Um, so I haven't really touched on that yet. I don't know if I've, I'm, I'm, I really wanted to get a vintage uh, Cartier Louis tank, like a rose gold. See, they're hot like, right now, remember? Ah, I know. 
preferably like from like the early 90s, uh, ideally like a birth year watch. Um, there's a lot of private sellers and mm, as I said, I'm, I'm not really comfortable at negotiating prices and ooh, uh, it's difficult. I, I really want to, I do admire these people who are super into vintage and know so much about vintage watches and you got these like vintage like insert brand here experts and I could listen to them talk yeah. about that all day because it's so interesting and I did I mean I did start by I did bought uh, I did buy a book about vintage Rolex um, that I am reading right now and trying okay. to like take everything in but, oh it's so much it's overwhelming how much there is to know I guess yeah well and especially with at least a lot of the companies, they didn't keep perfect records of everything That's because the they also, thing. yeah, they wouldn't care. Like, look, like Rolex wasn't like always this bracelet and this watch go together. Mm-hmm. They would just manufacture a ton of them. You know, I mean, my my date just the bracelet was made in the U.S. and it was when they were trying oh. to avoid avoid uh, some tax issues, and so they were <laughs> making them. You know, they were buying bracelets in the U.S. and then reassembling them here, and so it was just like. Yeah, I mean that, that's it's just not maybe like Longines or or Patek like those are I think some of the only companies I know that are like this watch really was made track. with this bracelet and this style at this time from this place and mm-hmm, uh, you know mm-hmm. I don't know anyone else who has this sort of archives. Yeah, that's the other thing you can't really be like there's so many like urban legends about certain watch parts and you never yeah. know if it's true or not and and like some. And, like, I'm also a bit hesitant, like, oh, is, is this, like, an aftermarket situation? Is this, like, authentic? Not, like, the entire watch, but perhaps, like, with, like, Rolex bezels, for example. The bezel inserts, I think, or, like, the entire bezel. Like, there's no serial number or anything. Like, you yeah, can just, correct. like, pop it on and then, yeah, just yeah. have to be, like, yeah, okay. I, I trust you enough that this is all, like, how it's Same with the to dials. Be. The serial's just on the case. There's no... <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 tricky. You have to be. You have to like. Oh, that's that's such a weird thing to say. But like, you have to like buy the seller. But you sort of have to buy the seller if if you go vintage. Yeah, you have to buy from a trustworthy source and then hope for the best. Yeah, but even then, some of those folks. I mean, like you look at the auction world. You know, they're that's some of the insane. biggest companies will sell watches that they're like, whoops. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, and if it's getting through the best of the best in terms of their historians and that stuff in the watch Mm. world, I mean, because a part of me, I'm almost done with vintage because it's just too crazy. It's too complicated. It's too expensive. I don't, I have nothing wrong with anyone who is only into vintage. I respect Mm -hmm. that. But it's just like, I don't, I don't have that, that knowledge anymore to keep doing it. But it feels like in terms of watch stuff, that's what is growing more than anything. So yeah, I didn't I think, know if like you're jumping into that for your channel or, yeah. I mean, I, I do, perhaps I could like do it from like some sort of like the be- beginner perspective because that's what I am in terms of vintage. Um, but I do see a lot of potential in there. And I do see the trend uh, going heavily towards vintage because I mean, those, they they don't exist anymore. If If you want to look for something like solid that is going to, be even more interesting in like five years than it is now then you have to look at the watches that are no longer being made I think yeah Um, 
and we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah, like old yeah. old Movados, right, are just worth a ton of money now, especially it's like the little crazy. Dr. Dial squiggle, you know, uh, chronographs with like the, the, the hands where it's all like... Uh, <sighs> How they get over time. Yeah. That's a whole, that's, oh man, vintage. One day. I know. I know. <laughs> Thank you so much for for just uh, having a chat with me and and just talking about all sorts of things. Because I think watches are, as they are, um, you wear them every day and they're becoming a part of like, you're just your everyday life. And there's so much that goes into watches and wearing them. And it's so interconnected and uh, so much goes into collecting watches, buying watches, wearing them, owning them, selling them. Uh, So it's life on your wrist basically so that was really cool talking about all sorts of things great yeah well (laughs) thanks again it was it was a pleasure to chat with you thank you for having Um, me honestly yeah no i'm i'm so glad it worked out you've been listening to blamo that's it for this season we'll be back in the spring in the meantime dig through that archive If you want even more Blammo, head over to patreon.com forward slash Blammo to join the Blam fam. You'll get access to additional interviews, our community slack, special events, and more. Our theme music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. We're edited by Brendan Finn, and we're produced by Blammo Media. Special thanks this season to Maddie Franklin, Andrew Mashinov, Jason Schwimmer, John Reuter, and Will Ullman. But most importantly, special thanks to you for listening and hanging with us all season. Stay safe out there. Check in on your friends and family and tell someone you love them. See you soon.